Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. I was thinking if you, um, I noticed that there was like a shift in kind of the tone of our last session, and I was wondering what we should do about that. I mean, I don't know. Do you do you like the direction that we went? Should we? Why don't we talk about it? That's what we should do. We should definitely talk about it. Cue music. <laughs> And welcome to another fine episode of Panda's Talking Games. I am your host, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda. And on today's episode, we are going to address a topic from Descartes on Twitter, who asked, this seems like a topic fit for your podcast, been running a game since April 2020, coming up on season two finale over the next few weeks. Uh, we lost two players, added one, may add another. Changes in season two finale will change the tone and scope of the game significantly. My thought is to do a postmortem on the game so far, trying to get the two players who dropped to show for that, and then a slightly abbreviated Session Zero style session. We don't have to discuss PCs since we already have them. Thoughts? Cool, cool. All right, so thoughts are we're going to break this into two pieces. Um, the first part is we're going to um, we're going to talk about managing change in ongoing campaigns, um, because I think that's the bigger overarching tar- talk. And then we'll take a look at Deck Arch's solution after we've kind of talked about change and ways to manage it. And then so we'll look at Deck Arch's solution and see um, see how that matches up to what we uh, said in the first part. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> yes. Sounds good. All righty. So let's talk about the changing nature of campaigns. All campaigns are change, right? From the the moment you have the second session on uh, and you have passed from one shot into campaign, something is always changing in your campaign. It's like, and and I'm not just talking about story-wise, I'm talking about characters, players, life, like... Um, and we're going to, we're going to paint this with broad strokes, right? So we're going to talk about everything from characters changing to things like COVID hit during like your, <laughs> like the middle of your ongoing campaign campaign, yes. right? Sorry. Yep. Hiccup. Yeah. Um, but it's all change and your job as a GM and it's not solely your job, but Again, in our current paradigm of how we play games, um, the GM winds up as the de facto leader in a lot of these efforts, even though um, the whole table participates. But part of the job, one of the eight skills um, that a GM (laughs) performs is... As Phil continues to confuse everyone by referring to the eight skills that no one can find listed out anywhere... One day I'm going to write a book called The Eighth, eighth Skill. <laughs> no, no, not Eight Skills. The Just Eighth Skill. The Eighth Skill? skill? Okay. The Eighth Skill, yeah. Great. I will write a Great. future GM book called The Eighth Skill. Uh, <laughs> I don't know which skill it will be. Um, or maybe I'll write a series of them <laughs> right. all called The Eighth Skill. And I'll just keep changing out what The Eighth Skill is. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's get back on track here, right? So one of the oh, things a GM needs to do is 
is manage the changes that are happening in the campaign with the goal of keeping the campaign going, right? If changes knock the campaign out, like where you stop playing, you've, you've kind of lost, you've lost your campaign, right? So part of your job here is to manage those changes and keep everything rolling. Now, I want to be very clear that managing the change in a campaign um, is not to be confused with the theater phrase, the show must go on. Oh, uh, yeah. Managing okay. change is a very different thing than yes. there are audience members out there and we still have to put something up. Correct. Correct. Because, and I will let you address the show must go on because you are actually a theater major <laughs> and I am just a, I am a biology major who knows, you know, who only knows that phrase. <laughs> but I am a project manager and I do know a lot about managing change, right? So when when we talk about managing change, I want you, you listeners, I want you to incorporate the idea that you can just stop, assess what's going on and figure out what to do. You do not have to barrel through things um, like a runaway train. Like you do not have to solve problem. You do not have to... Uh, change the tire while the car is rolling downhill. It is perfectly fine to stop the car, change the tire, and restart the car. You will not, um, your campaign is not going to die if you take a few moments to stop, think, and talk, which is what we're going to talk about later, as opposed to... Right, if you show most go on. So when you are in the middle of an actual theater production, there are two things I think that are drastically different from when we are in the middle of a campaign. One of them is that there is an audience, right? So you, you have an external pressure to continue that performance and to finish it out to the best of your ability, right? And especially if we talk about like commercial theater and stuff, then we're talking about capitalism has an influence here. And there is pressure because monetarily, you may not be able to afford to pay all those people back for their tickets, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So like there is, there's, there's that pressure, point. Um, but the other thing that's drastically different about a stage show is that most of the time there's a script and you know where it's going, right? So there's a difference between pushing through when you when you know what you have to accomplish and exactly what kind of those main points are and you can make adjustments to how you accomplish those things versus trying to push through and repair the car while it's moving without necessarily knowing where the car is going, right? Like... <laughs> If you know where the car is going, then you can like line up little quick stops along the route where you can make the adjustments as it goes, right? Like you can set up the pit stops along the path you already know it's going to take. But if you don't know where the car is going, then you're just going to like end up driving on the rim because you don't have a tire anymore. And then like everything comes to a halt and it's a really big deal to fix later, right? Wow, you are you really got some mileage out of that metaphor. <laughs> and mileage, key, yes. <laughs> um, but so I think that that's you know the big, the really big difference. Yeah, uh, and, and I and I just I want to just hammer it home one more time for GMs, right? Plowing through problems is almost never the correct thing to do in a game. It's not correct for safety problems. It's not correct when sudden changes occur. And we're going to talk about that in a second. It is. It, it just almost is never the correct thing to do. Yeah, and Phil and I know this from experience. And if you want to live and learn from our experience doing this, um, you can go back to the old episodes of She's a Super Geek. Check out um, 
if you can listen to the whole thing, but the last episode of Royal Blood, um, we actually talked through this because we had a safety issue at the table and none of us knew to stop. We knew there was a problem and we were like, but there are mics and we just need to keep going. And we didn't stop. And guess what we should have done? We should have stopped. So like, just learn from our (laughs) mistakes. And when you need to stop the game, stop the game. Yeah. Cool. Now that we have just hammer that yep, <laughs> all <yep>. the way <laughs> all right cool i'm gonna talk about um i'm gonna talk about uh gradual and sudden changes and then i'm gonna have you talk about minor and profound changes sure. okay mm-hmm. all right so as we said all change all campaigns are change right so there are gradual changes and when i mean gradual i mean like you can see them coming up like they're they're um they're gonna happen um they're gonna happen gradually over time those kinds of things. Progression of levels in a game is a gradual change. It happens and it absolutely changes the nature of the campaign. Players access new skills, new powers, new spells, all of those things. Right. Um, progress through a story arc is a gradual change. We're starting a story arc. The, the Everything will change as we get through the story. But it's stuff that we know that's coming. We see it happening like session after session. We're building up. We're moving towards it. Then there's sudden changes. Like the death of a character, a player leaving the group. Um, I had joining, but hopefully you don't have people suddenly joining the group. Suddenly like, joining, like, like people just showing up. <laughs> like hopefully people joining the group is more of a gradual change, less of a sudden change. But it could be either, right? Could but be. sudden changes are things like you did not see it coming, right? Like you sat down to play and you're like, holy shit, the cleric's dead. Did not think that was going to happen today. Yeah. Oops. Right. <laughs> or like all of a sudden a player being like, hey, I just accepted a job offer in two weeks. I'm moving. Yeah. Like, yeah. holy shit. Oh, like boy. did not see that coming either. <laughs> Those yeah. are sudden changes, right? They just come up on us very quickly. All right. Minor cool. and profound changes. Yeah. So a minor change. And these are sort of inevitable um, parts of gaming usually as well. Some of them at least are like, I got a new ability. Right. Um, So when I leveled up, now I have an extra D6 when I roll my sneak attack. Um, That's a that's a minor change. Right. It's a thing that's just small. It has a little bit of influence um, or maybe I got an additional feat. I don't know why I'm defaulting back to my Pathfinder D&D brain on this. We do it all the time. It's just easy. Right. Um, So, you know, I have a new thing or on my Powered by the Apocalypse playbook. Now I have a new move. Right. Picked up a new move. Cool. Um, But some are more profound, and this is where we can say, like, a new player joining the group is going to shift the dynamic of the group, both in-game and out-of-game, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, anytime we have two continuums, we can can put them on opposing axes. We're going to put them on a graph. We can make we can make a little we can make a little four quadrant uh, four quadrant square. Now I'm gonna have okay. to make this to put in the show notes, aren't I? So if we just so if we plot gradual and sudden on one axis and profound and subtle on another, we get four quadrants, right? So the first quadrant is gradual and subtle, right? Mm-hmm. We we may not even notice these changes. That is like your extra d six. Right. For your sneak attack damage. Very like, minor. It's at, like it happened over time. We knew you were going to get one, you know, over mm-hmm. the course of a couple more levels. Um, but also in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really impact yeah. anything, right? Like nothing it, really happens it's, from it. It's, it's slightly exciting to me because I, my handful of dice got bigger. But that's probably yeah. the only real impact. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, nothing really needs to be managed for that. Yeah. 
right? Little adjustments, but nothing really. Okay, um, subtle and sudden are the bumps in the road. These are like the small surprises in games that just keep GMs on their toes. Like it doesn't derail the session, but it's like a little like, woo, like I better throttle something back or, you know, time for the monsters to retreat kind of. Um, they, I expected this person that they randomly spoke to in the middle of the village that I just made up on the spot. They have now decided is their new best friend and is going to be an ongoing character. Surprise. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. These, those are like the little, those are honestly the subtle and, um, the subtle and sudden bumps are, are honestly things that a lot of GMs enjoy. Yeah. Like I get a little thrill when my players catch me off guard and I have to kind of like, you know, do a little mental scramble to bring things back around. Right. Doesn't really need a ton. It needs a little bit of in-game management. And honestly, the GM can just fix honestly. And against all the other advice we just said, (laughs) those can be fixed on the fly. Yeah. Or Um, or maybe not fixed accommodated for. accommodated accounted yeah. for whatever yeah. yeah they usually just make you a just couple adjust. little yeah, yeah. or Th- this in is some... okay if we're in the car again this is <laughs> no 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 more <laughs> no, no no it's a really good one though okay we're good. in the car but the car is a van okay <laughs> and we're driving down a very straight highway and it's been very smooth and very straight but now the wind has actually picked up because now you're in wyoming so the wind is now coming out from your left at 50 miles an hour you have to adjust the steering wheel a little bit but it's not going to massively affect the game as long as you just make that steering adjustment all right sounds good to me okay (laughs) all right (laughs) right. so the next one let's talk about gradual and profound right these are changes that are going to have to be managed but we absolutely see them coming yes right like we totally know they're going to happen we just need to do something about them yeah can i say one that happened in my group yeah absolutely yes one of our players wives got pregnant and so there is there is a we knew it was coming we had plenty of warning and we knew it was going to have a big change on his ability to be present for a bit um, because he was going to have a new baby. <laughs> as the father as the father of two, I, I absolutely prepared my campaigns for the arrival of my children and what we were going to do um, like once the kids were born and when we would re-engage the campaign and all that stuff. Yep. Absolutely. 100%. Like, um, and um, actually, I've had several players. One of my players had two kids um, over the course of the campaign, also accounted for those. Yep, absolutely. A baby is um, baby is very much a gradual yet profound change to the game. Yes. Okay. The next one, which is the worst one, yep. <laughs> is profound and sudden. These are the surprises, right? Not the good surprises. Mm. These are like the surprises that pop up in your campaign that you really need to do something about. Yeah, so this is like, um, uh, you know, everyone just critically failed a role that you did not anticipate and that one minor little encounter that you threw out, oh, it just turned into a TPK, now what? <laughs> yeah, or they failed to stop the doomsday device. Oh, like they man, all they went to make their to roles and they failed. Yeah. Like Yeah. Now what? <laughs> like yeah. So um, these are or Yep, go ahead. Outside of game, right? This is where we get back to um, you know, someone um, you know, having something come up or something like that and not being able to remain 
um, you know, available on the nights that you're playing or whatever it is. Right? Absolutely. Someone and has to drop out of the game for whatever reason. Absolutely. Right. This can be the, um, this could be getting a call from a recruiter with a job that totally changes everything. Um, this could be, um, this could be a, um, a sick loved one. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking about like a, like a, like one night sick thing. Like, Oh, no, my kid's like sick an and I got to take a night off from gaming. But I'm talking about like, some these are like cha- profound, right? Like these are going to change the person's ability to play upcoming sessions. I mean, we all kind of did this because COVID was a profound surprise change. Absolutely. I went from, I went from, uh, over the course of a couple of weeks, I had, my group was cool. Let's play. Then right before lockdown, we were all kind of just edgy about, about the news. And one of my players had symptoms for a cold. So we were like, nope, we're out. Yep. And then the next week we were playing online. Right. <laughs> like, it, yeah. like, like it in the course of like three to four weeks, we went from table playing in playing in person to having adapted everything to run online. Yep. That was a quick turnaround. And that involved setting up Roll20, purchasing a Zoom account, like all of those things, right? So absolutely so that 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 profound sudden. Yep. Right? Yep. One could argue that it maybe should have been gradual, but honestly, I think in the beginning of that pandemic, no one really thought it was going to um, make its way here kind of thing. Anyway, yeah. we won't, we're, anyway, we're not going to go into it any right. deeper than that. But keep that idea in mind of these four quadrants, right? So now let's talk about how in general do we deal with these changes? And we're going to talk about just the top two quadrants. The um, We're going to talk about um, things that are profound that are either gradual or sudden because the things that are subtle, like we talked about the gradual subtle um, we, we sometimes don't even notice those and the sudden subtle are the things that you just fix while you're playing the game. Yeah. So let's talk about the ones that like require like a little more roll up your sleeves, which are the profound, gradual, profound, sudden. Yes. Okay. Good. All right. Um, why don't you, are you comfortable just walking us through the profound gradual, like the model for how we should deal with that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, and cause this is the key to remember with this one is that this is the one that you can see coming, right? So this is, for example, um, I'm going to have a baby. Um, this is my school schedule changes or, or my, my work schedule changes when school starts again. Um, or um, I have a new job. And I'm starting in a month, um, you know, if you, you whatever you can see out that far, right? This is the one where you have time to plan for this. Um, so the first part of this is that you're going to identify the change. And that just means, you know, what is going to change? What's with this? Is the schedule changing? Like, does that mean you're not going to be available on these nights? Um, you know, et cetera. Um, and then what are the consequences of that change? So does that mean that you won't be able to play or can we adjust for it, right? Mm-hmm. Like what, what, what can we do um, to either accommodate or, you know, is it just going to be what it is? That was a strange way to say it, but I'm going to move forward. Um, cool. And then from there, you can plan a contingency, which is basically how are you going to deal with the consequences of that change? So, you know, if that's I'm having a baby and I just I, I know that I'm not going to be available for a minimum of a month. 
Um, maybe that means, cool, we're going to decide what is happening with your character um, while we continue to move on with this so that it makes sense for you to A, be gone, and then B, come back. Um, or this may be like, let's all discuss together and move our game night to Saturdays instead of Fridays, right? Like, what what, what is the plan going forward? And the key part of that is that you are communicating with everybody, right? So sometimes sometimes this means you as a person in a sort of facilitation role, probably the GM, as we've discussed, this usually falls to the GM, um, that you've planned something. And if it's just like, hey, the character's, you know, going to go off to the Feywilds for a month or two and you're not going to see them, like, cool, fine. That's something that you can plan with the player and then communicate it with everybody else later. Um, if it's we're making a contingency and the schedule of work changing means they could play on Tuesdays or Sunday nights, then you're going to be communicating with everybody before you actually finish planning that contingency because you may be saying, hey, how about Tuesdays? How about Sundays? Does that work for anybody? And then going from there, right? Um, but mm -hmm. there is that communication is key to all of this working, right? Like you don't have to solve this problem by yourself. You may have to facilitate the solution, but um, it's something that everybody at the table should be involved in because it affects the game that you're all playing. Does that pretty much? I yeah, I mean, covers it. that's I'm, how I would manage it. Right, and I think, I mean, I'll just touch on, uh, I'll just touch on a point of that, which is the, um, the really important thing, especially with these gradual changes, is like you got to identify it as a change, right? Like, so when somebody's yeah. like, "Hey, like I'm gonna like I'm gonna have a baby," you can't be like, "Ah, eh, cool, whatever." Yeah, no, you have right. To like, know you that gotta recognize, you. like, <laughs> like you gotta recognize because here's the thing: when something is far away, yeah, it's harder for us to have the urgency to deal with it. Yeah, right. So it's like, oh, well, cool, like. You're, you know, like, oh, you're pregnant. Cool, cool. Well, we'll worry about it later. Yeah. About what to do with your character, right? So what you've basically done is you've put off dealing with your gradual change to allow it to become a sudden change. Yeah, don't. Be because here's the thing about babies, right? They, nine they're months, not scheduled. <laughs> nine months is a guideline. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's not a rule. Um, and let's make it even more complicated. They start the counter on the nine months from the... Okay, this may get to be way too much, but bear with me. They start the counter on how long you've been pregnant, not from the date on which you actually conceived because they don't consider that to be like findable enough, which is fair if you're having a lot of sex. They start it from the date of your last period before you knew you were pregnant. So you could be either four weeks or like one week pregnant when you find out right like if you notice it in that the like the day that your next period just start. anyway it's very complicated the timey-wimey nonsense with having babies is very timey-wimey mushy-gushy as the father of a premature <laughs> child i can also assure you that the earlier you deal with this problem oh yeah the better you will be because it can suddenly happen without you knowing <laughs> or plan so yes point being is when I when when we say identify the change, recognize it for what it is. Like, oh, this is a change and it's coming. I should dedicate a little time now to deal with it instead of, oh, this is a change, but it's happening sometime later. I'll let future GM take care of it. <laughs> um, future GM will be angry at you. Like, do future <laughs> GM a favor and deal with it 
like sooner than later. Okay, cool. All right. I'm going to talk about sudden changes, the things that blow up. Yeah. Right. Um, so first of all, the first one is the same, right? Recognize you're in the middle of a change. This is much easier with a sudden change because something just blew up. Yeah, you're right. Ah! <laughs> Something's on fire. Mm-hmm. I see fire. This must be a change, right? So <laughs> that's not the important part. It's the next step, which is stop. Take a break. Calm down. There is a thing, and we're not going to get into into it too deeply, called amygdala, amygdala hijacking, where when you get super excited and the adrenaline's flowing, your ability to reason dries up, yeah, right? You go on instinct. It's called fi- fight or flight for a reason, right? It's not ponder and and fight, right? Like, <laughs> So when something blows up like this, like a player suddenly being like, I'm out of this game. And you're like, you know, the night before game night and you're like, holy shit, (laughs) right? Like, like this is where you got to resist the urge to let the show go on. Yeah. Take a break. Calm, right? As my father always says, never do anything when you're too happy, too angry, or too sad, right? Take a break. Let that amygdala hijacking go away so you can start thinking about it. Next thing you got to do is just communicate, right? So as you're taking a break... You got to just communicate to everybody else in the group like, hey, this thing happened. Right. So if it's like a player leaving, right, like you'd have to email the group, right? Like, hey, like I just found out that, you know, Johnny's leaving the group. I want I'm going to take a day to just like think about this or think of some ideas. I'll hit you guys up on email tomorrow. We can talk more about it. If it's a TPK, stop the game. Yeah, stop. Right. Like, hey, you all just apparently died. Cool. Let's just stop before we make all the rest of the death saves or whatever. And let's like get some chips, cool off, step away from the table, right? Open door policy, right? Cool off. And then let's come back and figure out what happens next. Yeah. Right. And depending on what kind of game you're playing, maybe agree on how you think the coolest way out of this situation is if you don't want that to be how your game goes. Exactly. Exactly. So, so you can just communicate to the players like, holy shit, I didn't expect you guys to get TPK'd. I have no idea um, what to do. So why don't we get some chips and then let's come back to the table and talk about this. And then the next step, right? The last, the last step of this is work on next steps, right? Which is where you sit down and you say, okay, look, um, let's work this out together. Now, a little, I'm just going to say my personal preferences when I'm dealing with gradual changes, I will often, because I have time on my side, I will come up with a few ideas, right? I'll plan the contingencies myself and then come back to everybody and be like, hey, I got two ideas right now. I like to kind of think of a few ideas and then put them out to everybody, right? So that's why I like plan a contingency, then communicate, right? But when it's a sudden change, I almost do the reverse, which is communicate first. Like, hey, we're in the middle of a change. I don't have a real plan right now. Um, and then bring everybody together to work on next steps. Because again, depending on how much time you've taken to take a break, you may not be in your best place for planning. So having everyone else there to help plan um, is going to, you know, is going to make things better. Yeah, it's super good. Right. So like, just like you said, um, so just like you said, with like a TPK, um, bringing everybody back together and being like, hey, look, I didn't have a plan for this. 
and um, I don't really know what to do next. So why don't we all just brainstorm? Like maybe we, you know, maybe we wake up in, you know, um, in, uh, you know, dungeon jail, or maybe we all find ourselves without our gear outside of the thing, or maybe there's a divine intervention, right? We can all work on that together. Yeah. Kind of thing. You can, yeah. you can just decide what's the coolest yeah. way out. So sudden, like that's, that's my, that's my takeaway, right? So gradual changes, I do a little more upfront work. And sudden changes, I uh, increase the um, I increase the group effort. Yeah, source right. okay. source the table. Source the table. Okay, <laughs> I I want to talk about two more topics before we get to Deck Arch's solution, right? So I want to address two very specific changes that Deck Arch mentioned, but I think think are also really important when you're managing a campaign. Um, so would you talk to us about changes in tone? Yeah. Um, so this was, yeah, like you said, this is one of the specific ones that Deck Arch was talking about. So tonal shifts can be either gradual or sudden, right? Because if you think about tonal shifts kind of happen naturally throughout the game, just because, you know, um, the intensity of the story will probably increase as you approach the climax, um, et cetera, et cetera. But there's also ways that like someone can suddenly make a decision in the game that can shift the tone of the game. Um, so for example, um, we, uh, a LARP that we played a while ago with my group, um, was taking place in detention, um, and, uh, with a couple of people who were werewolves, we didn't know who they were. Um, and, um, one of the students was trying to cast a spell. Um, I don't remember what it was supposed to actually accomplish, but, um, it turned out that he needed, like, blood or something to make that happen so the tone kind of shifted when he leapt out and started stabbing one of the other students <laughs> that was a sudden tonal shift um in the game itself that was a little wild <laughs> it was fun so like it was fine don't get me wrong like it worked out but um but it was definitely a sudden tonal shift from i think where our expectations had originally um, sort of led us to to think we would be playing, if that makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. So tone shifts change your expectations of the game itself. So when we talk about that particular instance, suddenly this whole game had a lot more potential uh, death, murder, deadliness, <laughs> right? Like the danger level increased um, past, past and uh, above and beyond the when these werewolves convert, they may murder us. Um, now to other people in the student body may also murder us. Um, so it, it changes it changes the feel and how your character may act in the game because there are different influences now, right? And the tone has changed. Um, if you suddenly introduce a vampire into your game that has not previously been a horror game, you are going to inevitably pick up some tropes of horror. Um, with your game, which may shift the tone of the game, which is going to change how your characters act because they're probably going to start reacting, um, a, you know, a little bit more along the lines of that style of story. Um, it is best, if you're doing it intentionally, um, to communicate and make sure that everybody else is on board for that. Um, so if you know the next campaign or the next, um, not campaign, but if the next arc that you want to run is like, taking this from like, ha ha, fantasy, I will strike it with my shining sword and we will win because we are the heroes to um, 
BT dubs, you're going to Raven, uh, Raven loft. No, Raven mist, the mists of Raven something. What's the Raven one? Help me out here. Raven loft. Raven loft. <laughs> it is Raven loft. Oh, Ravenhurst is what I was thinking about. Anyway, um, for okay. all of you court jester people, Ravenhurst. Okay. But so the mists of Ravenloft, for example, if you're suddenly- All of you court jester people. So <laughs> there are more people than that. They will prove it by tweeting that they got the Ravenhurst reference. Ravenhurst, Ravenhurst, do something. Um. Wow. Where was I? So if where you- Where are you? <laughs> if you- I'm in, a, I'm in a van driving down a highway and the wind just picked oh, up is the problem. Um, you're in a van down by the river. <laughs> So you've had this really heroic fantasy campaign. If you suddenly bring in big nasty vampire and you're walking in through a misty, cold, dark forest, um, your tone has changed, but you know that that's coming. That's a gradual tonal shift that you can manage as a GM. So you can have that conversation with your players before it happens. Hey, by the way, I think that this module is going to be really cool and I would like to play through it. Um, it gets a little bit more horror-y. It gets a little bit more like creepy, scary business. Are you into that? Let's have a conversation. Are there any lines and veils that we need to rediscuss based on the new expectations of this game? Right? If it's sudden, you may need to pull the emergency brake and have a conversation um, with people. Right? So if there is suddenly a murder um, in, a, uh, in the middle of high school prom, um, this didn't. This is not what actually happened, but this is my example. If you are in the middle of high school prom and it's supposed to be like social drama and then suddenly someone is dead, um, this is the time to pull the emergency break, step out of character, step away from the storyline for a second, have a quick discussion about if you're okay with that tonal change, because that's a pretty profound tonal change. Um, so if you're okay with it as a group, um, what it means for the rest of your game. And then again, if there are any lines or veils that need to be changed um, to accommodate that, or if there are things that you need to rewind um, and just redesign how they worked retroactively, right? And then play forward through that. So that's that uh, fast forward, rewind. Oh, what is it called? Uh, bow um, has, anyway, safety tools. <sighs> Words and I are not friends today, but we shall carry on anyway, because the show must go on. <laughs> um, you can do that? Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm taking over. You should take um, over now. I was about to hand it back to you. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take over. Let's talk about adding and removing players uh, before we wrap this up. Um, it goes to say that adding and removing players is definitely a change uh, in your game. If there's at any moment you think that adding or removing a player or even a player changing their character isn't a change, you are mistaken. These are substantial changes. These are profound, to use our terminology. These are profound changes to a game. And we need to understand something about what it means when we either lose a player or we gain a player. So I'm going to use... I'm going to use a thing called Tuckman Stages of Group Formation. This is a project management thing. You can find it on Wikipedia, Tuckman Stages of Group Formation. Um, basically, the idea is this. Anytime you take a group of people, you throw them together, and you need them to start working on a project. By the way, a campaign is absolutely a project. Yeah. It's, it's a fun project, but it's still a project. Uh, anytime you bring a group of people together, 
to work on an endeavor, a project or whatever, um, they go through this, they go through these sets of stages that Tuckman called forming, storming, norming, performing, right? There's also one called adjourning, which is like when the team breaks up at the end, but we'll stick with just these first four, right? So like forming is like when everybody kind of meets and they're like trying to like feel each other out, like trying to like, you know, oh, who are you? What are we doing here? What's this game about, right? This is like where session zero comes in, making characters, all that stuff. Then storming is like where everybody's trying to like figure out who they are, right? Like, what are they doing like in the group? How does my character work? Like, how does this world work? How do I work in this world? That kind of thing. Norming is... um any of the clashes that we've had with other people are now kind of going away, right? Like, so storming, we're not only figuring out our own stuff, but we're like bumping into everybody, right? Like, you know, suddenly like the thief, you know, takes the fighter's kill and it's like, hey, like that's really my job. Don't tank when I can tank that kind of, oh, my bad. Sorry, you're right. I'll, I'll next time I'll hang back or, you know, hey, don't run in there. Let me, you know, cast something first. Oh, good point, right? Like that's the storming part, right? Then norming is like you start to get all of this um, down, you start cooperating, you start coming up with, you know, um, ways to play off of each other. It would actually be fun to do a Gnome Stew article on the role-playing version of all these. Yeah, I think so. I'm going to just hang just a pull that note. Your, yeah. Just going to leave that out there. Anyway, and then performing is like that peak flow where like the table, it's so good, right? Like you've all had this thing like where, you you know, like suddenly you come to the table and everybody's on point. We're having a great night of play. People are into their characters and they're pulling people into scenes and the spotlight is just flowing, you know, perfectly from person to person, right? That's where we all want to be. We all want to be in performing, Right. And we have to get through those other pieces. So here's the thing. If you have a group that's at performing and you now add a person, you go back down the line to forming or storming, right? Like you go backwards because that new player now has to figure out the group and the group has to figure out the new player. We've talked about this before. This shouldn't be, um, this shouldn't be, too new of a concept but when you add a player you you slide back and when you lose a player you slide back a bit because the person that role that that person filled and the things that person did now have to either be um accounted for like we don't ever do those things anymore or absorbed by other people and so like you fall back to like storming or norming before you get back to performing again so Adding And then this is even true if you just change characters. If you're partway through a campaign and a player is like, I'm swapping out my character, right? You're going to slide back on this. Now, let me be 100% clear. Sliding back on this thing is not a bad thing. It is just what happens, right? It It is the natural outcome of changing an established dynamic. It is not bad. What is bad, and this goes back to what we were talking about earlier, is if you fail to address this as a change, right? So if you add a new player to the group and you're like, man, this session was rough. There must be something wrong with the game. No, there isn't. Your group just slid back to storming again. 
Yeah. You now just need to like give it a little time and let the group, you know, norm and then get back to performing. So what you need to uh, what you need to know is that when you change the the group composition, add a player, take a player away, you have to manage that change. You have to have the discussions, the communication. You got to talk to the group like, "Hey, like we're adding like we're adding Senda to the group. I know we're all good friends with Senda." But obviously, like, you know, we'll we're going to need a couple sessions to kind of work out how Senda fit, Senda's character fits into the group. So, um, you know, don't be hard on yourselves. You know, I'm as a GM, I'm going to, you know, just write some like slightly lighter stuff until Senda's kind of like up on our feet in terms of, you know, where we are in the story, the game world, etc. And then like once like everything's running smooth, I'll really turn up the heat again. Instead of, hey, send us joining the group and we're just going to keep playing keep at the intensity going. that we were playing at, right? Like, <laughs> so it's important. It's important to know that the change, this change will occur and you can manage it, right? You can um, tone down your storylines. You can delay the climax of your story arc so that you're not in the middle of storming during the story arc, right? Like you can let the group get back up into that flow before you hit them with like a major profound twist or something like that. Yeah. Now, how fast will that happen? Eh. There's a lot of factors that, that, um, that play into this. There's no science to this, right? But frequency of play is definitely a thing. If you're playing weekly, um, the more chance you have to play, the sooner you're going to work through all those phases. Um, how well does everyone know the new player, right? If you're adding a total stranger, um, that's way different than just adding somebody that like one of your friends that, you know, that everybody knows. Yeah. Right. Because there's a certain amount of things that don't have to be figured out when you know the person as opposed to having to know the person and the character. Yes. Um, mechanical mastery. Does this new player know how to play the game? Because if they don't, um, they're going to have to also go on that curve to learn the game. And, you know, there's going to be latency and everything's going to slow down. And there's, you know, that's how you're going to be in that um, storming and norming phases again. Um, are you socializing outside the game? Right. This is kind of like with frequency of play. If you're all hanging out on a discord or you get together for Sunday to watch football games or um, play board games on a Thursday or whatever, um, the more time you socialize with that person, you're going to you're going to move closer to getting back to perform. Uh, but if you only ever see this person once every two weeks when they come to the game and you don't really know them, every session is like having to learn the person and the character, the person and the character kind of thing. Uh, and lastly, personality types. Like some people are great at jumping into new situations and meeting new people. And some people um, have like a rougher time of it. So it takes longer. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, the 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 fact that you wrote that down made me think about the last, um, the last person that we added in person, person, um, really to this game group um, configuration change wise um was uh was brett and he's awesome and it's been ages now but like i thought back to when we added him in um just because it, we were talking about in-person um stuff and we didn't have a discord going then we didn't have outside conversation stuff so much happening um but like and we only play every two weeks so it, it's one of those situations in which based on all of the other factors um we actually i would actually have imagined that it would have taken us a while 
to really incorporate him into the group and to get back to our like performing state. But he's just really good. And like I was trying to remember and I don't even really remember storming that much. I remember norming a little bit. Um, but like, cause I'd never met him. Like most of it, like when knew him, Camden knew him, but like not a lot of people had actually met him before. Um, and like, but he just jumped in and then was amazing. And like, and then everything just like we normed for a little bit and then we were performing again. And like thinking back to that experience, it's actually kind of wild because even sitting down to like one shot tables, that's not usually how people like integrate into a group, especially a longstanding existing one um, where like messing with the the people composition can really um, can really mess with the expectations of the people in the group. Or it can be harder as an individual to merge with a group because they have been together for so long and have so many just built in table expectations and like just table culture um, based on having played with each other for so long, it can be difficult to jump into that. And Brett survived the, we're bringing back a game for season two that happened before you were part of this group. And it, it wasn't, it was pretty early on for him still, I think. Wasn't it? I don't know. He might correct me. But like, it was maybe like the third game he played with us or something. But like, he survived the, we're bringing back the game that was life-changing for all of us. And we're going to play it again with the same characters, but now you have to jump in too. Like, but it was amazing. <laughs> we we could do a whole Impressive. show on we could do Impressive. a whole show on on um on integrating players because for sure it, it's definitely a thing. Right, right. it totally is. Anyway, so, I could talk about it for yep. Ever, but so takeaway from this is recognize that it is a change mm-hmm. and 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 deal with it, um, deal with it accordingly. Like like within the game, within the group, that kind of thing. So just recognize the change. All right. Let's go back to Deck Arch's plan. Yeah. The end of that the end of that tweet had a plan for how Deck Arch was going to deal with this end of season two and these player changes. Yeah. So let me just review that part so that we're fresh on it. Yep. Um so basically he was thinking he was going to do a postmortem on like summarizing the game so far as it was and hopefully getting the two players who are leaving the game to show up just for that part. And then basically do um, a, a session zero without obviously character design stuff um, to move into the new stuff, um, but to have those discussions again, some of the yeah, session so, zero discussions again. Right. So I so I think this is fantastic on a couple fronts. Right. So one having a post having the post mortem with the players who are leaving right is a good chance to uh, find out what's been working, what didn't work, all of those things. Right. Yeah. That 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 gives you the option. That now gives you the chance to get some real feedback and say, "Cool, in you know, here's what went well. Right. Here's what could have been better, and here's what surprised us. Right. We talked about that in a previous uh, previous show. Yes. So that's now material that you can now collect and act upon. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, what went well? Good. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing those things. And what didn't go well? How can I address those? Right. And what surprised us? What might I need to also account for? Yeah. The only thing that I would say about that is since two, if, if you get the two people back who are leaving the game, um, is I do think that I, if there are dissenting opinions about what went well and what didn't, I would probably prioritize the opinions of the people who are continuing to play the game over the people who are leaving the game. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think we might have talked about this when we did the post we did the postmortem thing. Um, I don't remember. Not every, (laughs) 
not everything has to be acted upon, right? Yeah. But you're correct, right? Like, yeah, I would prioritize for the prioritize the what's not working for the players who were there. Yeah. Um, who are staying there. Okay. And then having a like new session zero without character gen to like work back in the like to work this player back into the group. What you're basically doing is you're reforming. Yeah. Like you you've moved the game back to forming. And you're you're getting those players up to speed, which is fantastic. Now just recognize that there may be a little bit of storming in order to get like to norming and performing, right? Like, yeah. like you've you've done the best part is like you've you've prepared you're preparing the players, like you're reforming the group. You're you're preparing the existing players for the new players and the new players for the existing players and the game. And now just let them storm a bit. And just so I think the key thing then is just to acknowledge that it's it's going to happen and to give yourself the flexibility to make sure you have enough time before you get to the amazing finale of season two so that you're not still in that storming phase when you was that the end of season two. I thought this was like the beginning of season. Uh, This is the beginning of season three. So if this is if this is the beginning of season three, start with some like lighter. No, this is lighter. This is coming up on the season two finale. Okay. Yes, so get everybody through the season two finale, then get into season three with some with some um, with some storyline that's going to let everybody storm and norm. Right. Right. Or if if you need to, I mean, if the people are already gone and you're finishing the finale of season two without them, just leave yourself the space to allow the storming and norming to happen before you hit the climactic whatever it is at the end of, you know, season two. Right. So just accommodate for that, um, I think is probably yeah. then our best advice because you're already doing the rest of it. Look at you yeah. being you're awesome. You're doing all the best parts. You're doing the reforming. So just let the like let the next part of this happen um, organically. Cool. All right. Awesome. Um, thumbs up. Uh, let's get this thing wrapped up. Um, and in order to do that, we need to talk about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network, and then we're going to hit the closing. Sure. Um, so if you're into the Misdirected Mark Network and you like D&D, you may also be into Mastering Dungeons. Um, on Mastering Dungeons, RPG veterans and game designers Teo Sabadia and Sean Merwin look at the game and the hobby of D&D from a variety of viewpoints, reporting the news, understanding the business, reviewing the products, and illuminating the design. Whether you're a fan, a player, a DM, or a designer, Sean and Teos cover topics of interest to you. Indeed. Ta-da. Hey, Senda. Yeah. Where do people find us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark forums. You can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. Or you can find us on the Tiki Talkies if you are uh, just feeling it and you want to send us a a question that way or a topic that way. um, Please feel free. We will use your audio. Give us some good audio. I'll cut it in. It'll be great. Anyway. Good. Uh, Phil, once they found us in one of those places, what can they do with that information? Uh, just like DeckArch did, uh, drop us a topic, ask us a question, throw out something that you would like to hear us talk about. Uh, we are skilled enough to make it into a show. If it's on your mind, uh, we can get it on the airwaves. Uh, we can make a show out of it. So um, leave us some of those things uh, and we'll get to work on them. It's really the thing we like to do here. I say it every week and I'll say it one more time briefly. Um, our job is to help you run better games. The easier it is 
or the more enjoyable it is for you to run your games, the more of them you're going to run. And that keeps you in the hobby, that keeps your players in the hobby, um, and it also does all the good things about um, getting rid of stress and having something to look forward to at the end of a week, all of those things, right? So um, we're 100% here for that. So let us help you out um, by addressing those things that are on your mind. If you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, please consider supporting our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons get access to the Bamboo Lounge for this show, the after show from Misdirected Mark, and our awesome Slack community where um, you can even join us on Fridays for our luncheon. So if you're still working from home or if you've always worked from home or whatever, you can just drop in and catch us uh, just talking about life. The Slack room itself talks about role-playing games, talks a lot about food. There's a lot of food (laughs) talk on there. Um, We talk about our general lives and all that stuff. Like there's a little bit of everything um, going on in the Slack community. We're like 100 people strong. We're, you know, it's a friendly group of people um, who just you know, have gaming in common and like, uh, you know, just like talking about life. Uh, so yeah, um, consider supporting us. Uh, we, um, it, it benefits us greatly in terms of keeping the lights on and paying for things like our hosting, our bandwidth backups, blah, 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 blah. Um, it helps. It helps a lot. Uh, so we appreciate it greatly. If you are already supporting us, that is wonderful. If you can't support us, it's totally fine. There's another thing you can do that, um, helps us out which is of course get out the word i go on about it every week so i'm going to spare you this week other than if somebody says hey is there a podcast you like listening to for role-playing games and you're comfortable with it drop our names we'd love to be able to uh love to be able to pick up some new listeners um based on your recommendations there's also another thing you can do um it helps the algorithms Um, And by that, it means it reaches out to people that none of us know who may become potential friends of ours when they come to listen to the show. And Senda, what is that thing? You can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Every new review we get really does actually help new people find the show because algorithms and stuffs. Um, And thank you so very, very much to everyone who's already left a review. They make us super warm and happy and fuzzy inside. And if you leave one, please feel free to just let us know so that we can go make sure that we read it because they're in lots of places that we can't necessarily find all the time. So (laughs) thank you so very much to everybody who's left a review and everyone who's going to leave a review. And uh, yeah, how do we normally end this? Hey, Senda. I was thinking we were we should add somebody to our group. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Bloop. Hello. 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 Okay. Hello. We're gonna not mess around. We're gonna we're gonna record fairly briskly, right? It's okay. I have a scarf on, and I put on an extra sweater under my other sweater, and a blanket a over my legs in the bamboo lounge. In the lounge. It's chilly. Okay. okay. In the meantime, are you ready? Do you have something um, to mark time um, with? Um, 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 I do, but I should be on the first page of the uh, thing, and I need to adjust my mic a little bit so I can Please see Please adjust your it. hymnals to page <laughs> 101.
11? Yes, the the one panda, panda, panda. Is that <laughs> what we're singing today? <laughs> yes. Okie dokie. Are we good? Yeah, we're good. All right. Anyway, for everyone who may still be hearing this because it might end up in the bonus outtakes, what should we talk about? Well, Phil, it's on the phone. We're texting. Do 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 do